0: Yo, Shots
1: fire for fuck's sake, fire. for toxic. You shots, FIRED shots fire, shots, shots for fox sake, fire, shots for toxic, you shots, fired, shots, shots
2: you guys but normally you know podcast intros are so unimaginative this is the podcast intro people know who we are but (laughs) they should already know who we are we've been bouncing up and down the timeline the Twitter timeline all week the hot topic of the moment I have to say first off you know kairos you have got some people who will ride for you I'm not talking about G I'm not talking you about- You
1: should!
2: <laughs> because we, we, we should ride for you, but people on the timeline went to war with you. So much so that off the back of last week's subject, which to be fair, we were polite around. We were dainty around. We weren't guns blazing, but people got the straight and narrow as soon as this dropped on the timeline. Really and truly, I have to say hats off to you. Seriously, Mm -hmm. hats off to you, Kairos. You have got some people who are your ride or dies. Brother, I salute you. But as well as that, well done. Well done for keeping your cool, your calm, your reserve and your collected self, because it could have went north. Now, obviously, the person that we're talking about is no longer in the Twitter sphere. We're talking about Alex Scafidi. Now, Kairos, now that that's kind of like settled down, I know you were emotional last week. That is in the rearview mirror
3: now. How do you feel? Do you feel you've got closure now? No. You don't? I mean cl- closure in the sense of all right, the situation has settled itself, mm. and I understand. And I, I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you so much to everybody. I, I want to talk about them first because they are more important than her. Thank you, especially to the women. The women showed out more than everybody. The women deserve the props first. I'm a, I'm scared to start shouting out names because I'm gonna like forget names. But y'all, I love y'all so much. Y'all are the greatest. Like y'all showed out. Y'all were the tacticians, even though I shot y'all on the foot and like it was messing up stuff that y'all were trying to do and like ruined it. I love y'all so much. Y'all are the greatest. Like you need somebody to, to fight somebody. You need somebody to like. I'll be there. Call me. I'm a I'm a catcher I will help y'all out no matter what. So thoroughly grateful for that. But to answer your question, man, no, because she took the path that cowards take. You can't do the things that she has done and stand for the things that she stood for in the way that she's done them, been about them and gone about them. And then when it's your time to sit at the table and take the criticism, you decide, oh. I'm gonna spit out a lot of you, like you can't do that. You can't do, You've mm-hmm. she has done that to a lot of people and held them to this sort of barometer of righteousness and not stood in front of it herself. I don't like that. The tactics that she implored doing this and going about it too was super shady. She made it sure like, all right, I'm being criticized. Every single person, I'm blocking them right now. And then also I'm gonna wait for everybody to go to sleep even though I see these tweets in my hand, I see these mentions, and then I'm gonna post my apology when everyone's asleep. And then I'm also gonna deactivate my account a few hours later because people aren't receiving this apology as I see fit. So I just, it's one thing if you sit there and take your lickings like an adult. It's another thing when you have set the fires that you have set and then just say, you know what, fuck it, we out of here, baby. Like, mm-mm. I, I got no respect for that. That's why I'm saying that I didn't get the closure that I wanted because I wanted the closure of a person who has done the things that they have done to stand there and now receive the things that they have put out there in the universe. Cause yeah. I'm not, I'm not confused about this. I know that there are a lot of people who had access to grind against her outside of what was going on with our situation. And they had to grind it right then and there. Cause now they had cause and reason. I understand, I'm not a fool. I understand that, which is why she opted to bow out. Mm. I, That's not the closure that I was looking for. No, but it's okay yeah. though
0: it must give you solace. that, um Well, I'm not going to name the names of the people that reached out to me, but obviously some of you guys, you guys know, cause I showed you, showed you in the chat. I must give you some solace in the fact that some of the well-respected and nicest people in MMA were also rooting for you. And and basically just saying what had happened was just a travesty, which it was.
3: Yeah, it was, it was, it touched my heart and I think the thing that touched my heart the most is that people just undying honesty. Like they didn't have to say anything to me. They didn't have to do anything. They, they don't owe me anything. And I said that to a certain individual and they, they enlightened me. They were just like, Kairos, I'm not doing this. Cause I think I owe it to you. I'm doing this because I, I care about you. Mm-hmm. And that I didn't, I never thought that that would be something that someone a million miles away that I don't even know would ever say. And I actually, I was just like, wow, that's touching. And like, there's people who were just like, hey, I'm sorry for taking what she said at face value a few months ago. But like, there's just a lot of people who just touched me with that. And I feel like if there's, oh, if there's a single positive thing about this situation, it's that I realize um, just how crazy our our existence is right now. Like we are in a time period where people who have never seen you face-to-face or talk to you face-to-face or even probably know who you are as an individual fully can can gather around you and like and help you out through like a tough situation because had these people not stood up I guarantee you this she would have been still talking to random people not just her friends but reporters and fighters and been saying whatever she was saying about me and other people and um that definitely would have hampered on my ability to go forward with what I want to do in my business. So I just love y'all so much. I really do appreciate that and uh I would never forget it. Okay. Yeah.
0: God, I'm getting me emotional thinking. But- yes,
3: yeah, Amen. I'm getting choked up. <laughs> don't ask me the questions. You me. Don't ask me the questions if you don't want. No
0: man, it's it's good. No. It's good to, it's good to see, see see you open up on it. Obviously, you haven't got the full closure that, that you that you wanted, but it's something to to be honest. Yeah. you can now begin to put this chapter of your life fully behind you. Correct.
2: Good. As you do have the mic, Kairos. As usual, we assemble with our guns drawn for shots fired. What are you bringing to the table
3: this week? Um, so I've started to see certain drops in performances and spikes in performances due to this time that we're having. And I remember one that first happened. I remember when Leon had to... Not take his fight with Woodley because he was afraid that if he were to go to America, he might not be able to come back and he'd be separated from his family. There's a lot of factors playing into that that people just refuse to ignore. And so in my mind, I was thinking, okay, the world's shutting down right now. That is certainly going to have an effect on these fighters' ability to find training partners to go to. Because there's a lot of fighters who go to multiple gyms. There's a lot of fighters who have their um strength and conditioning across the city they have like they have different places that they have to be at different times because they just find the right team and the right group of people to be around they like to mesh with those people and i was saying i was like i think a lot of these fighters performances are going to drop as a result i think a lot of their ability to get the rehabilitation and get the right pieces in place for them to be successful are going to take a suffer as well and i've talked to a lot of people who train and a lot of them are like no no it's fine a lot of them have been training this entire time it won't be an issue and i was just like well they are a fighter and they train so obviously i can't be like nah but this is what's going to really happen like I, I felt like i had no leg to stand on when actually asking these people these things but now i think that we're starting to see that sort of issue like you have people having back spasms in between their fight and then having to bow out before they can go out to the cage we haven't really seen that a lot ever like the last time we saw that happen i think someone like had hit a pipe two decades ago and they couldn't like do it okay and, like, right see...
0: was it I think so. I've, I've, maybe it's just my fucked up memory. <laughs> it might be Kevin
3: Randall. It might've been Kevin Randleman. No, I think you're right. But like, yeah. and then you see people having to pull out because of obviously COVID symptoms too, but then like the fights rematch and they're like, oh, I caught an injury in camp training camp too, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, but we see a lot of these fighters who were getting these injuries and dealing with a lot of these things. They had never been pulling out of fights before. They were never doing all these other things. So it was just like, Maybe I'm trying to find a reason for these things and I'm looking too deep into it. But maybe at the same time, there's something here, though, too, because a lot of people are quarantining. A lot of people are not traveling to Florida for a half of their camp and going back to Alabama or whatever. Like, I think that there's a serious issue here. And um, unless well, I don't want to go down that route. I think I'm just going to say I think it's a serious issue here. tell me if you agree or not. And let's go with Mr. Michael Morgan first. Uh Oh, he's frozen.
2: Yeah. And uh, at that point, my uh, Internet decides to freeze. Yeah. Well, (laughs) you know, just 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 to to repeat back to me what you just said in terms of like the the last question, because my Internet, I like to say, I lost
3: you at the end there. Sorry, I was talking too much. My question, simple and plain is, do you think COVID is affecting the performance of these athletes in a negative way? 100%.
2: We've seen it with the weight cuts. We've seen it in terms of these kind of like almost freakish um, last minute changes. Now, albeit that that be the once, but what are they also working through? That is just one that we've seen debilitate someone to a point where they weren't able to go out there. So my answer is yes, we've seen it. And I think this is the ongoing reason why we've had this issue with the weight cuts, because COVID is playing a a, a part. Plus, we've also seen it now in terms of long COVID affecting those people who've had COVID. I mean, even recently, you don't even need to bring up this example, but, you know, really and truly, we know why we're not seeing Edwards versus um, Kamzat. We know why that isn't taking place. Now, for me, um, I really do feel that this is going to be something which is going to be, we're going to be seeing on an ongoing basis. And it's, you know, high time we kind of like, I know it's an old cliche. I know it's something that we keep saying, or I keep saying, we're in the middle of a pandemic. What do we expect? So yes, is the short answer. I do think that is a reason.
0: Yeah, man. And the COVID's even affecting the salmon, you know? It's even affecting this, <laughs> like, it's even affecting the salmon. Even the salmon are holding excess water, 11 and a half pounds or what have you. Like, yeah, this as Mike said, <laughs> man, I mean, while we're here, what did people make of that weight cut? Like the 11 and a half, like, or the body. It was, was horrendous. Two weight classes. Two, yeah, you missed the
1: non title limit for a lightweight bout that's when he brought up salmon i was like is it in your motherfucking pocket what do you mean like what are you talking about like what you mean salmon i eat salmon i don't say that i tip the scales afterwards but i thought maybe he put it in his pocket or some shit but no i think (laughs) go ahead
0: (laughs) i'm just just thinking of somebody literally putting a salmon in their pocket before any
1: (laughs) i just didn't understand the explanation i figured you know (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah but i i think we are seeing the effects of uh of fighters not being able to to freely move and and, and to freely train and some fighters have uh they're talking about it they're saying oh well my training camp isn't what it's used to i've been training in my garage or whatever some have had success some haven't and uh to go off mike's point yeah there's still going to be a pandemic and yes there's vaccines going on in the world right now but covid is here to stay and people are going to have long-term covid effects and there's gonna be fighters who are still dealing with these long-term COVID effects, but will still fight because they need the paycheck. And I think subsequently their performance is going or performances, sorry, are gonna
3: suffer as a result of that. Yeah. Here's my question. Since you guys understand um, weight cutting more than me, um, I was I spoke to this person who who trains with a lot of high high-level people. They aren't a professional fighter, but they're a wrestler. And they told me that when fighters get food poisoning, it's almost a lot easier for them to lose weight. Is that true or is that false? Were they like BS to me or like, that's why I don't want to put oh, their no, name up.
0: Bro, you, I don't want to get crass here, but if you never had the runs before. like. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like I, yeah. I would
3: assume it'd be easier to lose weight because it's you easy, Yeah, but,
0: but, don't, but you you feel horrible for it. So it's...
2: Yeah. Yeah. No,
3: okay. I, would,
2: I, I would disagree. I'd say it's harder to lose weight because one of the things that, or the, the two times that I've had food poisoning, the doctor... Um, over the phone was, say, was, say, was saying the immediate thing that you have to do is flush it out of your system. You have bacteria in your body and that is why your body is behaving in the way that it's doing. The way to do it is to get as much water as you can in your body so that it flushes Ooh. it out. So obviously with water being in your body that adds to your weight. So I would say no, definitely difficult in order to cut weight if, you're, if you've got food poisoning.
1: Also dealing with the illness, right? Yeah, exactly.
2: Um, and, and throwing up and
0: yeah, doing what else in between. No, it's, it's not a nice thing to yeah. have. Oh,
1: exactly.
3: Yeah. They bugging. They're f- lying. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Question. Question for y'all before I give my piece on Kairos' segment. Do y'all work out? Yeah.
0: I was working okay. out in the park today.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And notice Chisanga. Yesterday, yesterday exactly. I work out too. And I prefer to work out in a gym and i like to work out like monday through thursday in a gym consistently now since covid i have not been doing that you know what i'm saying and if you Mm -hmm. heard correctly chisanga just said his black ass was just working out in the parking lot you know what i'm saying like (laughs) we we live in a time where like regular folks like me you mike and kairos can't even go to the gym don't forget y'all right behind me is a speed bag and a heavy bag because i can't go to the gym i'm not a professional athlete can you imagine being a professional athlete and you can't go to the gym Yeah, and you yeah. have to cut weight. You have to devise a plan to beat an opponent that is on your professional level. And that means flying partners out that fight similarly to your opponent. Do you think that's happening during COVID right now?
2: No. No. we no. Thank you. COVID.
1: Thank you. And matter of fact, um, Max Holloway is training via Zoom. You know what I mean? And a a lot of people are doing that. When I thought about getting a personal trainer in here because I have the equipment now, people were like, you might have to set up zoom and hit pad. I was like, "What? like zoom and a trainer, (laughs) bitch. (laughs) I'll just do some pushups right here. I'm okay. Um, you better behave kitty. He's already acting up y'all. Um, he's looking at me, get out. Um, But yeah, so I'm thinking if me, I can't go to the gym, Chisanga's in a parking lot doing squats, and we just at home getting fat. Can you imagine a professional athlete? Of course COVID is is affecting them. And not only that, COVID is making them sick. You're going to have long haulers. You're going to have fights canceled because of COVID. And then behind the scenes, behind the scenes, Excuse me, I'm getting a phone call. And then behind the scenes, people can't go to the gym. And if you notice too, Kevin Gaslam built the gym. In, in his garage. I right, saw an right. embedded Molly McCann built a gym and mind you, they're used to like high tech facilities, putting stuff together, probably like everyone else from Amazon, I wish, and, and just collecting stuff from Facebook market. And it's just, we're all in this grind together. So I most definitely mm-hmm. think professional athletes cannot train and fly out to sparring partners during a global pandemic. And we're seeing it in the cage. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Well, the, the only way they could do it is if they, fly somebody out and like have them isolate for like 10 days, undergo a series of tests. But who's going to do that during that, during that hassle? Do you know It's, it's too much. Yeah,
2: And it's expensive. You're paying for their time. So flying them out Damn. so far in advance. No, that's, that's cheddar. No one can oh, afford that.
0: You you've got to have a big bag for that, man. And speaking yeah. of big bags, right? Speaking of big bags, I'm gonna take a
2: segue. No, 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 okay. no, 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 respect to that segue. <laughs> okay, so and, I and I think it's quite uh, pertinent
0: and quite fitting that I actually bring up this topic because I was uh, in fire, I was on fire island at the time when this this madness happened. Obviously, everybody knows I'm referring to Otman Azitar's. Uh, what's a what's a what's a nice way i i, I could put it uh, breaking of the rules okay we'll just say breaking of the COVID protocols when apparently he met with somebody outside the bubble and this person was shimmying across balconies to to <laughs> deliver some sort of bag we don't know what was in this bag this this mystic bag it's it's, it's this bag is going to go do, down in mma folklore now but the long and short of it was that dana white i think it was uh, yeah it was before the uh the magni it's, chiesa fights it said that, yeah, Azaytar is gone. Someone's
1: at my door again, be right back. It's I. Right. it's all right. Brooklyn, yeah, be popping, I'll be right back. I'm listening, but I'm gonna mute this camera because y'all can't see who's at the door, but I'm listening, I'll be talking and hearing. <laughs> anyway,
0: as, as I was saying, Dana White, to, to quote him directly, I think it was, he's gone, he's no longer a UFC fighter. Now, less than a month later or so, uh, it trans. I think it was Brett Okamoto that broke the news that Azayir is still on the UFC roster. And Now, given, given, well, when Dana says somebody's gone, they're gone, and that is that has been the the word of God. That has been the gospel. When that has happened, people have been banished. Like the 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 biggest name that comes to, comes to mind for me is Paul Daly. Remember how adamant he was after uh, Paul Daly punched Josh Koscheck. After yeah, that he's never going to come back. And he mm-hmm. said, even if he goes on to be the best away in the world, I'm never going to sign him. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But Otmar definitely. Otmar Zaitar is still a UFC fighter. Now, I think um, his manager Ali Abdelaziz, we all know that he's got some some sway uh, with the UFC. Some sorry, I say. Uh, I think his uh, his, his, person, his his his. Yeah, his omnipotent presence over the roster and the the matches, matchups could be made, had something to do with this. But also, um, and this was some good reporting from the the main man, Kareem Zidane, Uh, Kareem surmised that, uh, what's his name, Otman, I I keep getting confused with Abu, Otman's relationship with King Mohammed VI of uh, Morocco also had something to do with, Otman uh, uh, stay, staying on the UFC roster and the fact that he's the mo- one of the most promising fighters in from the Middle East and uh, North African region. I think the acronym for that is MENA, M-E-N-A. But anyway, before we uh, get delve deep into the details of this, what were your initial reactions to the news that Otman was still on the roster? Otman is still getting the bag on the roster. And I'm going to go to Kairos first.
3: I was thinking... Uh... Ali must have Dana White's nudes and threatening the release. Oh him. my God. That's was what like, was he in got, the bag. <laughs> that was in the bag of video was just Dana White's like. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, um, <laughs> crazy. You gotta make funny of these jokes. Come on y'all, this is funny. Anyway, yeah, I. I we can, we can always surmise, oh, well, he's just a promising prospect that can unlock a region in the world to help the UFC further expand. Okay, so was Paul Daly. Okay, so was Yair Rodriguez. They kicked them both out. Well, Yair got to come back. But like, they're like, I don't, I think Ali, as much as people want to hate him, he has a foothold and there's a reason for it. Whatever it is, he he has control. Mm.
2: I think it's as simple a fact as this. There's an old adage in life. It ain't who you know, it's who knows you. Ali has a stranglehold on the UFC because of how many fighters that he brings to the table and fighters of note. Plus, I think superb reporting from um, Kareem Zidane. Again, it ain't who you know, it's who knows you. Royalty is involved in this man's life. Of course that has sway. Of course that has pull. And that's what it boils down to, sway and pull. Yeah, and I think uh, I can't
0: remember which one of the brothers it was, but when they were having difficulties getting a visa to get into America, the the king had a, pulled a few connections, and then mm. lo and behold, was granted a visa.
3: Mm. <laughs> okay.
0: But yeah, I mean it's it's just it's it's crazy to think that uh, <laughs> a royal from a, an African country, no less, as well, <laughs> is uh, is influencing a, the the UFC. But I also think. It's something to do with the the partnership that they announced with the uh, Culture and Tourism Board, the Departure Culture and Tourism Board. Obviously, it's a five year partnership, and that's uh, I think that was I think they signed that in twenty eighteen. And the first event was Habib versus Poirier, and I, I'm pretty sure the Fight Island uh, deal is something something different. So I think, given the fact that he's a prominent fighter in the region and the, that deal that the UFC have with them, I think it'd be safe to say that was probably at the forefront of their mind or not at the forefront, but it came up in conversation when they were making the decision whether or not to give him his marching orders.
1: Um, I'm back y'all. Okay. But I was listening the whole time. I think he's an asset to the UFC. And I think if you bring money to this organization, they fly you out to get, you know, COVID treated. You know, they bail you out of jail. They <laughs> they bring you back, even though people like Paul Daley was not brought back. You know, we still don't know what was in that bag. It could have been drugs. It could have been who knows, but it doesn't matter <laughs> because he's an asset and he's coming back. Paul Daley lost his temper. He punched someone after the, um, the bell. It was disgusting, but I, I do think at some point he could have been brought back if he pu- issued an apology. But yeah. if you're not bringing this organization money, they're not breaking their neck for you and they're not going to bend any rules for you. And this guy, let me tell you, he's got a her, from what I've heard. I've heard allegations that he has been involved in domestic violence, that he's quite like involved in like criminal activity where he comes from. And once again, I'm going to say alleged. This is stuff that people have been telling me in my DMs. I, I have not. I don't know him, so I wanna put that out there. But I have heard that he's a, like a cruddy guy where he lives and he has all types of ties to criminals and whatnot. And I also heard, well not heard, I've seen it with my own eyes. He's got dynamite in both hands. He's a knockout artist. OK, he has power in his left and right hands. And even in his UFC debut, and I believe in his last fight, he knocked out his opponents. So he's an action fighter. He's got ties to Abu Dhabi. He's got ties to Kings. And then on top of that, he's a fan favorite. And then the UFC loves scoundrels. They love men that beat women. They love men. They love that little edge of like, he's a bad boy. Look, you know what I'm saying? Like they vouch for those types. So I think he fits in perfectly with the UFC. And he's an asset to them, so of course they're going to bend the rules and bring him back. But I want to know what's in the bag.
0: That's, I mean, that's the one of the greatest. (laughs) I keep
1: hearing cocaine and peds and women. I even heard abroad. I heard they snuck abroad in the bag.
0: (laughs) Well, I've actually got uh, Ali Abdelaziz's tweet uh, up because obviously he tweeted after the new after Okamoto revealed that he's still on the. Rosser, and I'll, I'll bring it up he- here he said very grateful t- uh to and i'm assuming dana white and humbled by this decision there are others i want to thank they know who they are and we appreciate them very much and that this was done way above my pay grade so i think that basically tells you everything that you need to know that king muhammad this uh yes yeah, a six uh maybe had some sort of influence over this decision
1: hmm yeah, well, good for him. I'm glad he's in a position where he can get a second chance. Many others were not given that. Yeah. And I don't like his background, if it's true, but they're just allegations. But I do like his fighting style. So if they bring him back and he performs the way that he does, I, as a fan that enjoys violence, will enjoy what the show. To be we'll fair, um, like
2: you G, they aren't allegations. There are allegations. No, they're only... Exactly.
1: No-
2: um, Concrete evidence around this, and just like you, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him do work, and um, really and truly, uh, we're getting that opportunity now. So
1: let's not, exactly, not, exactly. Yeah. exactly.
2: Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited by by the fact
0: that you you saw on the roster, but it's just intriguing. me too. It's just intriguing yeah. uh, the U-turn because obviously, w- when such similar de- when similar decisions have been made in the past, that that is it. It's etched in stone. It's never, yeah. ne- it's never. The UFC aren't gonna perform any u-turn or what have you but it is what it is to be honest as as you said if you like it's as mike said it's not who you know it's who knows you and um if they want to go back back to you back to you back for you sorry they will do so mm-hmm. yeah
1: and that's kind of the way of the world. Like we bash the UFC a lot, but what job doesn't have favorites, favoritism, yeah. oh, treats boy. the at, yeah. the person with the, at. I mean, it happens that I think probably at all our jobs, the star employee gets the the perks. He leaves early. He does this, you know, the kiss mm-hmm. ass. So, you know, we bash the UFC a lot, or I say a lot of slick shit, but it ain't no different from any organization or any job sometimes, you know?
0: That's
1: true. Yeah. I think I'm up fellas, right? Yeah, indeed yep. you are. All right, here we go. So I want to discuss emotional promotions. And what that means is that when an MMA organization gets behind a fighter's storyline or maybe a tragedy that has happened to them and they try to get the fans to emotionally connect to that storyline and to that particular fighter. And I have three examples to get y'all thinking about what I'm talking about. The most recent example that I can think of, of course, is the black history debacle with Michael Chandler. Okay, that was the UFC's way of getting us to get into Black History Month by showcasing white parents around black history. But they did try to get us to get they did try to get us to feel that heartfelt moment for that kid. And some people did, and I did too, but I just was like, what does this have to do with Black History Month? You know what I mean? I would have preferred if they did that when Chandler is a co-main or a main event, that would have been perfect. I'd have been like, this is cute, but it's not to celebrate our history. And they they try to promote this so much on the show. Second example, the death of Walt Harris's daughter, caused a, uh, on UFC on ESPN, we had a fight against Overeem and Walt Harris. The UFC, the entire broadcast was about rallying behind Walt Harris. They even discussed like pertinent information about her death and they got us emotionally involved and we already were. But here's the problem, Overeem kicked his ass and we were not able to get that feel good story that they were trying to push on us. So we connected with Walt, our hearts broke, but we didn't get the fairy tale ending. I thought that was also a debacle, but I'm just one person, it's my opinion. Last example, even Bellator does this shit. Bellator had a fight with um, Nemkov versus Bader. The whole time they kept promoting a nice family um, time in the living room with no mask during a pandemic. There was a bunch of people from Bader's family in the living room cheering him on. But what they didn't you know, think about was the fact that Nemfcar beat his ass badly in front of all those people that gathered to watch <laughs> Ryan Bader beat him. And it was so bad that they cut the barbecue and the family outing and they stopped going to them after the knockout because now it's kind of awkward. And I remember feeling weird like every other, you know, Interruption in the broadcast was his wife and his family with no mask, like, we're here to see our baby. And then their baby got smushed. And then they stopped going back to the family because obviously they were upset. You know what I mean? So like I think those are debacles. I think they're a mess.
2: My question for you is. Okay, just before you go to your question, I'm going to move myself to the other room as it looks like the main studio is now available, but you carry on ahead. <laughs> I'm going to be working in the background, moving studios, but yeah, you, you're
1: doing one of my moves. Yeah. You are listening, but you're moving. Yeah. Um, so I won't pick you first, Mike, so go do what you got to do. But the question is, why do we need these types of promotions and are they working? Jasanga, take take the um take the lead since Mike is gone um, around. I
0: I think you're always going to have a motive promotion from uh well, from 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 promoters. I, I, it's it's their job to 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 humanize the to humanize these uh, these athletes and show that they're not just killing machines and and what have you. But with with regards to and 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 not to mention obviously if it if it's uh a pertinent. It's, 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 I'm losing my words and getting jumbled all over my words. It's been a long ass day. If it's a relevant part of the storyline going into the fight, I think it has to be told. Now there's certain ways in w- which you can do it. And, but I, I think the UFC, a lot of people said that they went over the top with uh, Walt Harris and obviously the tragic deaths of his, I uh, thought so.
1: of his daughter. Yeah. And
0: I was, I was kind of torn while I completely agreed that, they, they, sh- they should have highlighted the issue, obviously, because it was Walt's first fight since uh, since the loss of An- Anaya. But I kind of think that they uh, I-, I don't want to criticize them for, for, for highlighting the tragedy. But
1: especially I- a black woman, when they don't tip without the UFC, when black women go missing or when they're harmed, there isn't much. Of publicity. So I was grateful that the UFC gave her a voice, a name, and got people from all walks of life to feel for Walt Harris because a lot of people don't do that for black women. We still talking about Beth Holloway. You know, she this bitch went missing 30 years ago. They still talking about her. You know what I'm saying? But black women go missing all the time. And I was happy the UFC did something for her. But I just thought it's becoming exploitative. And then at the end he got his ass kicked.
0: Yeah. There, there's a there's a very fine line between like tugging on people's heartstrings and overtly tugging on them and like mil- mil- milking a milking a tragedy but i i i I fell into the category where i didn't think it was was excessive i thought it was necessary but i thought there were certain aspects that they probably could have uh what, what's a what's a better way of putting it that they probably could have I don't want to say streamlined or whatever or what have you, because that sounds sounds a bit crass. They 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 could have managed certain things a bit better.
1: That mm-hmm. me in too. Terms,
0: in, in terms of emotive promotion, it's it's what sells though. Like with the with the Conor McGregor, Khabib, uh, like the 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 dolly, the the bus incident. That's emotion. That's that that's something that sells, and that's always going to be present in uh, in in fight sports. So when you do it from the emotional side of hatred, I think you've also Conversely, you've got to do the same when there's when there's tragedy, and what have you, because as I said, that helps humanize the athletes, it helps tell the stories, and it also crosses over into the mainstream as well, which is what they want to do.
1: Correct, correct. Kairos, what's on your mind? Do we need these types of promotions, and are they working?
3: We do need these type of promotions, and they are not working. I spoke to some <laughs> sorry i spoke i remember this conversation very intently because i spoke to this person in about 2018 2019 they were they worked for the ufc and they worked for a few other organizations because i just was i was interested in what it was like working for promotions and um i found him i found this person on linkedin so they told me that the ufc's biggest problem is they can't tell a story for shit and at the time when he said that i was yeah, at the time I was just like, what does this person mean? And now like looking at them putting together these constant packages that are tone deaf, that aren't aware, that don't understand how to frame certain things and what to focus and fixate on. It's just like, that motherfucker was right. Like, you, how on earth do you put together a black history centered yeah. promotion and the center figure of it is a white guy? That is the most, <laughs> what?
1: And Kairos, I know, I know they what... have Black athletes, Black love, Black relationships, yes! Black children. And H- Black History Month is the celebration of Black people because our history has been whitewashed. So you take this month to bring up all the people that you know we didn't learn about. You don't bring up white people that adopted Black kids. You do that on his own motherfucking segment. But go ahead, Kairos, this gets me riled up. Yes, and they took the time to whitewash it again. I was like,
3: I was, okay, I was like, First of all, Michael Chandler has had one fight in this organization. Two, Michael Chandler is not even fighting on this card. Three, Michael Chandler's white. Four, there are so many different stories you could, how about we talk about the fact that Danny Cormier is the first ever champion to fight, win both titles and defend both of them first. Don't tell me, uh, uh, excluding Amanda Nunez, don't tell me about Henry Cejudo because that title was vacated. Don't tell me about Conor because we know he don't defend shit. How about we talk about Demetrius Johnson, the man who's one of the most underappreciated fighters in MMA history.
1: And we know why. We know why.
3: We know why. They didn't want to promote him.
1: But Kairos, how about the Curtis Blades and his beautiful wife and the baby was enough for Black history? For me, it's called Black love. Let's celebrate it. We don't see that often. And and when I saw that, I was at home like, look at Black love, y'all. You know what I mean? And then it was ruined with, let's celebrate white people adopting black kids when one, that is not a part of our black history. It's not how we celebrate black history. We celebrate ourselves because y'all didn't let us do that when we were brought here in the first place and you whitewashed our history. You don't bring white people into black history. You know what I'm saying? Like it's our month. It'd be Do int- that shit when he's co co-maining a fight or he's a main event fighter, Michael Chandler. I guarantee you, you run that same promo and I'm going to be like, look at that little happy black baby with the white parents. I'm not going to be upset because that child is love. But you did it during a month where we're supposed to be celebrating shit because y'all didn't want us to celebrate ourselves. Fuck you. Get out of yeah, here.
0: That, I mean... I- I, I i'm not gonna lie I, I was fast asleep when this whole this whole thing had happened like i, I gave not sister i I I, rock. I I tapped out pretty early but um i think it was andrew his hail tweet that uh, came to my attention like uh the the thread that you yeah he put out and at first i thought because when i woke up i thought at first i thought i read it in a daze but lo and behold no um they made michael chandler and Bree chandler's adoption of uh, i think the son's called hap is his, his name i think i think that's his name uh, Does that name fore-
1: sound problematic already his name is hap
0: <laughs> anyway he've he he been given that beforehand i don't know i don't know but
1: uh, yeah okay
0: <laughs> i'm going to going to give it the benefit of the doubt but um yeah i was i, I was flabbergasted i just don't know how uh, I'm 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 trying to say this in like the the most. Res- just sign the. Do we way.
1: need this shit? This no, is not. No, you no, see we how we no, upset. We, no, we, you we, see we, we how black people it, just. Don't. Do we need we don't this? Need it.
0: But I, I it just when when these packages are getting made or like when any company makes any sort of decision to to put something out into the into the public sphere, it goes through. It gets vetted at least two or three times, and then there's a superior who signs off on it. And I'm just. I'm just curious to to know who would be the one who signed off on it. First of all, I want to I want to know who is the one that pitched it, and was like, okay, yeah, let's do this for Black History Month. When there's numerous stories that you could you, you could um you, you you could bring to the the forefront, even even Derek Lewis. Just bring up the fact that Derek Lewis, when uh, that you had the Houston floods, that he saved about a hundred people with his pickup truck. And I, I mean that's completely more relevant because obviously. And then he, did he
1: save a racist too? Y'all want to bring up white people? Bring up the fact he saved the races if you want. Like just bring, I, I, I celebrate black people. Yeah, I heard I was, something I that he. That.
0: But yeah, it, it just I was just completely baffled. I was like, why are you making this? Mike Michael Chandler's adoption of a, of a black child in Black History Month. The why why is this the focus and. I I think Michael Chandler got a lot of hate for for um, unnecessarily and him and his wife and. Uh,
1: no, that's just ignorant. Yeah, yeah it's that, the that, UFC. That's, that's, it's it's, yeah. it's
0: ignorant. Like I I mean, it, it was it was a, I think it was it was a blunder in the UFC's part, and they they just they just got to accept. It. And people just have to understand that. It had nothing to do, with Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler. I'm, I'm sure he didn't go to the UFC and was like, "Oh, I want to be the one to to talk about Black History because I have black." And, because I'm black and
1: everything he said is probably true. We don't we don't know that man. Even though he was on Parler, who knows if he's really trying to educate his kid? I might not agree with how he's doing it, but in his mind, he's probably trying to educate his kid. Yeah, of course. Of course. And, so uh, you know,
0: anyway, it was it was a not his hair. fault. I mean, I mean hopefully. This serves as a lesson for them going going forward, and that they can adequately highlight the stories that need to need to be highlighted. But yeah, I just I as I said before, <laughs> I went on this this rant. I was, uh, I was I was a bit I was a bit flabbergasted. But we'll we'll see what happens this weekend. Another two two more black men fighting this weekend. I I hope that their stories get highlighted in uh, Jorginho Rosenstrike and uh, Cyril Gagne. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll,
2: we'll see.
1: Mike, what do you think? Do we need this shit and is it working?
2: Put it this way, having spent 25 years working for government, this is their MO in terms of communications. And you'll find this in every major corporation and large entity. This is how they communicate. They communicate on an emotive level because black, white, regardless of what spectrum of the actual rainbow you are on it will always a story will always have resonance with your heart Mm -hmm. make a story emotive whether it be in print whether it be in audio whether it be in video and you have captured your audience you have actually ticked off every single aspect of what you're trying to communicate because it's emotive you G, are a really good example of this in terms of Emotive and emotion in action. Look at the Chandler uh, two-minute piece. Look how much emotion that it has actually erupted in you. That was the stated aim to get that emotion. Yes, to I get don't need it. That emotion, <laughs> but it was in the wrong place. Yes, the VT before he goes out to his next fight, not in Black History Month, wasn't pertinent. For Black History Month, but still had the stated aim of being emotive. It was a story which connected with you, but in the wrong place.
1: Yeah. What I'm, good point, Michael. And I do agree with you. Like it did bring out an emotion, but that's why I asked, do we need this shit? Because I watch fights to watch the violence and, and to kick it with y'all on Twitter. I don't need somebody reminding me that, you know, my history has been blackwashed you know, whitewashed on the UFC and I'm annoyed. So that's why I'm like, do we need this? But one more last question before I pass the mic. Y'all watch other sports? Does the NBA do stuff like this? Or is the UFC just trash with promoting? Mm-hmm. Like, like, do other organizations drop the ball with emotional promotions? Like, does the NBA, like, do they promote something wrong and the fans be like, oh my god. <laughs> like, is it uh, just the UFC that fucks this up in Bellator? Is it MMA? I'm
0: sure there are other promotions, other sports that do it, but um, I, to, to be honest, I only really watch football, boxing and mixed martial arts. Those are yeah. you know, my go-to sports and the football, obviously, because they've been around for, for so long and, and it, it's a business for them and it, every, everything is streamlined. Yeah. So you seldom get out of, out of place promotions or out of place, uh, well, interviews or, or out of place adverts or what have you, like you, it's very, very rare.
3: Um, you know, okay, cool. I'm going to say yes. And yes, the other sports do these packages and promotions, but, I'm going to be fair here. I'm going to be, I'm not going to sit here and ignore the fact that I have this knowledge. A lot of these sports have had generations to work out the growing pains of producing these packages through trial and error. The NFL, they were putting out some shitty shit for like for years. And then of course, at the turn of the 20th century, they got better. They took a leap 2010. They got better. They took a leap. So they've had the time to improve upon these. So they don't have these mistakes. Same with you have, um, I I watch college football. They talk about people all the time in a non-exploitative way. They talk about the hardships of certain people having to deal with their problems. I watch lacrosse too, but the problem with lacrosse is similar to MMA. I feel like that's a better comparison. Like you have a similar group of people in control of the media and in control of these checks and balance systems of, all right, are we going to, is this okay to put out? And they put out like the most stereotypical stuff. Like we all know that lacrosse is a native American origin sport, but it's white dominated. And whenever they do packages on people who are native Americans, it's the most like really type of type of story. So I get it. I get it. I get it. And I understand that people make mistakes, but the the best say for you right now would be To do better with comprising your groups of these people who are checking these products before you put them out, as well as putting people in positions of power, variance in background, variance in race, and variance of all that. I think that's the best way that we can go about this, (laughs) because as it stands, like, I'm just not with it. And one more thing, though, we aren't upset at Michael Chandler. We don't hate Michael Chandler. We don't yes, hate put it card. out we there. Hate- yeah. We aren't upset that they have a Black child. We're upset at the way the UFC positioned this information for us to digest. I feel like a lot of people are missing that point and mm-hmm. think that it- this is some sort of class or race warfare against white people being talked. No. I I
1: think I think the people that are upset don't really understand the origin of black history month. It is a celebration of black people because our history has been whitewashed, destroyed and suppressed. So when we celebrate this month, it's about us. And we only have one month and we've done so much for this world and this country, let us have a month. Celebrating white parents adopting a black child has nothing to do with black history and it is not the celebration of black folks of the African diaspora, it's not. I guarantee you, if you put that segment on a fight with Michael Chandler, where he is the co-main event or main event, I would Mm. have been smiling from ear to ear because that baby looked happy regardless of how you feel. That baby is in in this everlasting glory. And that makes me smile. I do not have an issue with Michael Chandler. I think as
2: well, if you look at the brief and if you look at the original press release, they said, and it was a stated aim that it was going to celebrate black athletes. It was going to put those achievements in front of us that what we saw this weekend was not it.
1: No. In fact, there are other athletes that have black children. Are they going to also interview Nicholas Dalby and celebrate the fact that he is a biracial child? You know what I'm saying? Like, remember, Mm. Mike, I was the one that found that on Instagram and I put it all over my page. I have no issue with white parents having uh, adopting black children. I have no problem with white and black people getting together and making beautiful interracial children. But when it comes to Black History Month, let's keep the celebration about our history, black people and the African diaspora. Okay, we, we, did, we didn't need that and it was a slap in the face, but I am fine with him adopting that child. Yeah. And I think it's adorable. That child looked happy. Yeah, it, it, oh, it Lord. annoyed me like that. I saw loads of
0: people, first of all, be like, oh my God, Michael Chandler's got a black son. Like, as if it's like, if I mean, if, anyway, that, that annoyed the hell I mean, Then people attacked him. and saying oh yeah this is his fault or what.
1: Yeah and I got mad at people attacking me or other black people you know for us I saw so many people like fuck y'all for not even enjoying this nice family moment and it's just like.
2: I couldn't believe that.
1: Yeah I was like this is about black history can like people please humanize us just for once we are people we're not objects (laughs) you know what I'm saying like let Mm. us have a month to celebrate ourselves and they just they just can't have it. Either they gotta be a part of it or they gotta ruin it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so just leave us alone and let us celebrate this month, goddammit. You know? Oh, that's my rant, fellas, I'm sorry. Anyway, this this sh- will be bothers me. It'll be interesting to see
0: what, um, what happens this week, weekend, this coming weekend. Yeah.
1: And don't forget there's other white fighters with black children. So don't be surprised if maybe they push it down our throats again. I don't trust this company, the way they paraded ah, Trump. Nicholas Dalby has a black child. Is that coming up next? I don't think so. I don't think so, but I'm uh, shook, especially
0: especially after this, um, after the the backlash to, to the uh, to the two minute Chandler piece. I I don't anticipate that happening. It'll be interesting to see, to see what happens. To be honest,
1: yeah,
0: we'll see. And and again, this is well, we, we talked about this uh, at the start of the month. This is their first time, the, act, actively celebrating Black History. So, Black History Month. Sorry, so I think. Obviously, obviously, as as Kyra said, uh, you you talked about companies picking out packages and making learning curves, making learning curves, whatever. This is a learning curve for the UFC. And it'll be
2: interesting to see what happens this time next year.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with
2: you, OG. I mean, really and truly, this is Black History Month. in terms of rankings, we should be at the top of it. Speaking of rankings, see what I did there? Uh, of rankings, no. we had... Um, <laughs> <laughs> we had Bellator actually announce um, mid last week that they were introducing rankings for their divisions. And those rankings would be actually determined by a select panel, an interim select panel of assembled media journalists. My question, really, and what I'm bringing to the table this week is twofold. One, that select media, albeit interim, did seem um, not as representative or as international as the roster. I was quite, um, I suppose, concerned that there wasn't like a a UK contingent there. And I'm thinking specifically about big, big outlets, big outlets like... Maybe somebody who works for The Sun, um, <laughs> had he been asked, um, I would have expected to see him on there because really and truly um, that is something which maybe for some people isn't their cup of tea, maybe for some people isn't there uh, or doesn't satisfy their palate, but it's still a major outlet. And you are a very, very accomplished journalist. I'm surprised that you weren't on it. So as I say, my question is twofold. One, do we really need bellator rankings. Two, in terms of representation, is the interim or is the emer- Oh, mike done froze. I'm gonna start with Kairos.
1: Mike, can you um ask the question again? Your mic froze.
2: You don't froze
0: at the worst time.
1: <laughs> yeah, the question went out. So repeat the question.
2: Okay, the question is this. It's a twofold question. We have seen the um, interim board, as it were, the interim ranking panel announced. Now that panel for me um, wasn't as international as the actual roster. I was quite surprised as I mentioned that I didn't actually see someone like Chisanga Malata, someone of his stature on that um, from the outlet that he's actually currently at. It's a major outlet. I consider it to be a major outlet. So that's the first question. Are we happy with the emerging panel? But secondly, um, do we really need Bellator rankings on top of everything else?
3: And I'm gonna start with Kairos. We need rankings. Yes, I'm happy about the introduction of the rankings. No, I'm not happy about the implementation of it. And that's the problem. We gotta people need to understand this, okay? There are there are systems that have been set in place and perfected over generations for you to understand how the inner workings of them. The UFC's rankings are absolute god-awful. Fucking ass. Don't look at them to, to understand how to make some rankings. Look at a different sport. I'll give you an example. College football has a ranking system that is twofold. One is based off a computer calculation, the other is based off a of you ask every single coach of every single team in your division. Who should be ranked where and uh, court rankings are presented accordingly into as top 25 you don't ask everybody about all 217 teams but you at least have some sort of representation for everyone that's i'm glad you brought that up about them not having representation for the diversity of the organization because that's important you can't have a panelist a primarily american journalist making rankings when there's european when there's fighters all over the globe that just because bias is implicit and explicit and that's going to happen. And that's definitely going to happen with these rankings. I promise you that. I promise you people are going to be looking at these rankings and be like, yeah, that seems about Bella's whore. And that's going to be the issue. They're going to lose credibility, even though they tried to take a step forward. I think that sample size is also important to you. You should not have five, 10 committee members. You should be having close to like, I'd say 20 to 50 to 100 people polling with these things, and then you take the average, like each person is given a number, Let's say, all, right, all right, he should be one, he should be two, he should, and then you grab all that, put it into a spreadsheet, give averages, and you're like, all right, well, this person's average is 1.2, obviously, they're the number one contender, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't understand why people think that five people on earth have all the right answers or 10 people. No, it's a collective mind space, collective mind graph, and that's sort of what people need to start catering rankings to. But that's not going to happen for mixed smart starts because they just want to do things so differently because they think that they're so different from everybody else and that's just not the case get it together
1: yeah,
0: yeah. to be honest i mean well we as you said i, I don't want i don't want to in, i don't i don't want to insult anybody that's uh that's on the ufc uh rankings but some of the ufc rankings are okay a nice way for me to put it would saying they're questionable questionable level like we'll, we'll we'll say that But I just don't think Bellator needs a a ranking list, do they? Why? What? Or or if they do, they need... What the hell is Kairos reacting to, man? No! no,
1: no, no. (laughs) Yeah, word. I feel the same way. I'm like, they don't need rankings? It's just mumbo-jumbo how people get titles and blah, blah, blah. uh, Like, what the fuck, bro?
0: (laughs) As it pertains to... um, to, Well, I, I know Mike was pretty pretty pissed not to see my name on on on, the, on that list. I'm yeah honest, I, 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 I wasn't plus me personally, I don't think media members should be involved in promotions rankings. That that's just my my that's my, me. That's not me having a, a slight any of the uh, any any of the, the UFC uh, ranking members or the Bellator ranking members. There's quite a few of them who I who I like actually on there and I speak to quite regularly. But as Mike said I, I think there should have been a bit more diversity when it came uh, because obviously the diversity of the roster, Uh, I've got the rankings in front of me right now, and I can only see three international three out of 15 people are international. So you have Rodrigo Del uh, Campo from Claro sports. Mm -hmm. Okay. From the South China morning post. And then you have Igor Lazarin from TASS Russia. And then the rest are all from North American outlets. So, it's a lot got, of
1: MMA junkie too. A lot. Yeah,
0: there's there's two. So you got Nolan King and John Morgan. Shout out to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then the rest are all all North uh, North American outlets. So it's yeah, like, look, I, I have no qualms with it, but as as Mike said, and as Kairos uh, piggybacked on as well, you do need some diversity, given how diverse your your roster is, and. I don't necessarily think one European Russian based person is, is is enough given how many European athletes, athletes there are. I mean, Wrestling. think how many Euro- European athletes they have just in the UK and uh, uh, Ireland alone. Having
1: know? one, having one person representing, you know, the Asian community as well is absurd. There, there, there's more than one, just, you know, like there's, there's Koreans, Chinese, MMA, None. there's, yeah. <laughs> and we yeah. just have one. Do you see what I mean for me? My thing is this. We need rankings. We need structure. This is an MMA organization. People are gunning for the title just like they're gunning for it in the UFC. We need titles. I mean, excuse me, we need rankings. I'm fine with this. Here's where I have an issue. It's not diverse enough. I agree with Kairos. It should be more people. I'm also with Chisanga. Why the fuck is MMA media doing this? We are to be unbiased and just report the facts and what's going on in media and call out things maybe that aren't right. That's like, we're working on doing that right now. Why are they involved with rankings? I went and covered a media event for the WOCast, right? I took a picture with Tiago Santos. Some fucking security person came over to me and was like, you can't do that, you media. I can't even take a picture with somebody. Mm -hmm. And now you're telling me I can have um, say on rankings? I mean, there is gonna be so much room for error and bias. Of course, I think. Of course. And then there's right. And there's not enough diversity. And my and my lastly, the issue that I have with this is that why would you kind of do this in a way that the UFC does it? The UFC rankings are problematic. And I feel like they're almost like emulating it or just, they're, you know, they're copying this somewhat with a twist of Bellator in it. Mm-hmm. Come up with your own way to do it and try to surpass the UFC, make Bellator look better than the UFC Then to come up with this. And I'm again, I'm with Kairos, more people on it, more collective minds, less media on it. And I think there's more, I think there's just so much room for error here, but I don't want to shit on it because it's still coming from a good place. The organization needs rankings. So this is a good start. It's okay to start something and it's not right. It's not perfect. You don't get it right the first time. So let them figure it out and yada, yada, yada. So I don't want to shit on it because they need it. But let them figure it out. Let the errors come. Let the let let the rankings look a little fucked up and now they gotta make changes,
2: you know? <laughs>
1: yeah, that's well, what I was trying to
2: say I, at the start. Sorry there, Mike, I'll let you go. That's what I was at pains to say. That's, that's cool. I, I, I was at pains to say at the start that this was a, an interim panel, um, but I do feel it needs to be diverse. But just to pick up on something which you've said, uh, Chisanga and G has said in terms of media being involved, Josh Gross, um, who represents the MMAJA, said uh, around the same time as this was actually um, publicised that he wanted to remind the MMAJA members that they should not be involved in this. I mean, is that in keeping with what you think in that? Is it? MMAJA shouldn't be involved or media across the board shouldn't be involved. i, I have to say upfront as well, I wouldn't be interested in, in, in joining no, this. No, I wouldn't. But I'm no, just neither interested in what you were saying there in terms of media involvement. No, media across the board, I think. I Me- mean hmm.
0: Well, I mean, it, 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 it could be different. Say like if a, a videographer for MMA Junkie wanted to do it, F- fair enough, because they're not necessarily... Putting out articles that can have a uh, that can have an impact on on, on, a, on a fighter's career, obviously. But yeah, I uh, you know I, I just go media 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 in general. I don't think we we have a lot of. I was about to say we have a lot of power in our pens. But who who the fuck writes their stories out in uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> out in pen before they put them on the where <laughs> they put them on the uh, the computer? We have a lot of power at our fingertips uh, as media members and. I think some of us forget that with what we say and and and, and, and how we act. And when it comes to if, with yeah, when, when it comes to essentially determining the route people might have to take and how much money they might make in X amount of years and what have you, that doesn't sit sit well with me. And because obviously if you have, say if, for example, I'm just going to bring up Gegard Mousasi. I have nothing against Gegard Mousasi. Actually, one of my, my favorite interviews. But say me and Gegard Mousasi have beef or what, what have you. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to rank this guy as low as possible for it. Like, just because I don't like him. Just say, for example, turn me down for an interview. I'm just like, I'm just going to rank him. He should be number five, but I'm going to rank him number 10 all the time. I'm going to rank him number 10. And mm-hmm. then the matchmakers start thinking, oh, well, you're, you're well, subconsciously, they, they 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 might even think, oh, well, he's ranked number 10. You know what? We'll give him... When it comes to re-upping his contract, we won't give him that much money, or we'll only give him an X amount of uh, fights on his contract. So these things, they 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 have a, a trickle. There's a trickle down effect, and there's uh, there's consequences from from decisions that media members make. And to be honest, I just don't want any part of it. It's like morally and ethically, it just doesn't sit well with me. But then again this and I should stress this is not me saying that oh yeah all the people on the on the panel are are, are doing wrong yeah, I can understand why some people want to be involved in a panel because they yeah they, they 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 truly enjoy the sport and they think that what they're they're doing is gonna have a positive impact and I wholeheartedly believe everybody on that list thinks that way, but for me i just don't i i don't think media members should be involved in promotions uh on ongoings
3: whatsoever. I think there's a way to work around that, though, regarding bias, as well as you trying to be punitive about people not helping you further your career as a journalist. I think that the larger the sample size is, the better it will be for them. That's why if you had 100 people making these rankings, OK, you could throw that fucking 10 out there if you want to. 99 yeah. other people gave them two. <laughs> like, that 10 ain't doing shit. Also, I think yeah. another issue is this. People want to act like bias isn't real. It is. It's very real. Yeah. I'm a I've hated on people like and the (laughs) fact of the matter is this, though, for us to be like, well, only journalists can be biased about it. And it's just not true. It's just either going to be you doing it or somebody else doing it, which is why you might as well have everybody doing it. So you're all in it together and you have a large enough group. And also, I think that there should be measures taking place like they need to be some sort of like punishments for people who give out these crazy, erratic rankings. Like, I'll give you an example. In college football, Notre Dame played the University of Alabama in the national championship. Alabama was ranked number one. Notre Dame was ranked number two. Alabama beat them by 40-something points. The computer, the computer after the game had Notre Dame as number one still. And then they never used the computer again. That's, the, that's what needs to happen with the sport. You yeah. have these rankings, you have it said, well, this person beat this person. Yeah, but I still put them underneath them even though they got destroyed. All right, you're done with the rankings. We'll get somebody else to put, switch mm-hmm. you in. We'll put in uh, Kairos for you. We'll put in G for you. So like this, people are making it seem like it's impossible. It's not impossible. People have done it, people are doing it and people will continue to do it. It's just you having the foresight to see what works and then going about it that way. versus you just saying, all right, we'll take that, that, and then we'll throw our little twist. And it's like, no motherfucker. There's a proven format to do it. Just follow other people's.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. Agreed.
0: speaking of college football we gotta talk about that guy getting his ass handed to
3: him <laughs> his Name is, uh, <laughs> i can't remember you got he's in oklahoma though oh my goodness you're talking
1: about that clip of the two dudes that were um they had mma training and yeah. two bullies stepped yeah. to them and they just the let shop.
2: Yeah, Ritten cowboy boots on
1: Let me tell you something, y'all. Let me let me just put in my law enforcement, you know, tidbits in this. I love that video. But let me tell you, let me tell you, those kids are in trouble. You know what I mean? Like if those people that they beat up want to file a report, sue, arrest them, it will happen. You know, when when you defend yourself, you got to, like, pull back. You can't kind of lay on a dude and just beat the shit out of him in the, library, wow. in, the, in the bathroom. So I worry about the consequences of that video, but I love that. You don't know how many times I've arrested the, the winner of a fight, even though he didn't start it. Because, mm-hmm. like, well, his eye fell out. I have to take you to jail now. You know what I'm saying? Like, you went too wow. far. <laughs> yeah. And apparently that's what happened to one of the guys that he yeah, his eye! Like, he nearly lost his eye. He nearly lost his eyes. So as much as we celebrate this redemption bully video, them young men are in trouble and we don't see it behind the scenes, I'm sure. And I I pray for them because I'm fine with what they did legally. It's a problem. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) always check the
3: cauliflower man. always check the ears. You you know, I mean, facts,
1: facts, that's a giveaway.
3: But Do you I know think they've been fucking with him for a minute? Though. I don't think that was the first fucking no, situation. Oh, actually, it looked like it No, was he had a bloody
1: nose before he threw the little short um, punches. Okay. He he was touching his nose, and then I think he looked at his friend like, "Which one you want?" Because like they already, we didn't see the part where where he had a yeah. bloody nose.
2: Yeah, of course, of course, one hundred percent. So I mean, you like- see, whilst you're on this, day, I'm I'm kind of interested. What is reasonable force then? Because really, yeah, truly, I, can't started- like okay. <laughs> I can't fall out. What's well, that?
1: Your eye no, can't I fall can't out. out. Okay. Do you know I work with some police officers that went to the strip club, got drunk, and they got into a fight, and a police officer beat someone so bad as I fell out. And it's an actual charge. It's called maiming. It means, like, you've hurt someone so bad, you've maimed them. They no longer work for the police department, and they might have done time. Like, it's what? It's true. Yeah, you can't self-defense is not beating the shit out of somebody and they're just like, well, they started it and that person's dead on the floor or their eyes missing. Like there is a point of you have to pull back and it's like pulling that back means then. once the threat is over, you're good. Yeah. So once they hit the ground and they was like, we getting fucked up, they were supposed to back up.
2: Yeah, I think so.
1: The ground and but pound
2: they- was too much. <laughs> <laughs> but there wasn't a point in that video where you could have really pulled back from what I could see because it was an ongoing tussle and struggle. So that's why I'm asking you. In nah, that video, gonna pull back. Nah,
0: there was well, a after point you take
1: them to the ground, ground and, he, and you he, show he, your he, dominance he, and you're, he, you have to step back.
0: Yeah, had like double underhooks and, and there was a point. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah ground and pound. <laughs> the dude had a a, was he, like... He had a,
0: he he had had a back him. mount. He? he had a lot.
1: I'm telling you, I love that video. They in trouble. yes, yeah, don't,
0: <laughs> don't get me wrong. Like uh, the, the, guy acted, don't laugh. The, the guy was acting like an absolute, absolute dick. Like you could tell he thinks that he's the, um, uh, well, I, I'm trying to think of it. He, it I think of a term that you guys are understanding. He, he thinks he's the dog's bollocks. Mike obviously knows what the, what, <laughs> what, what that's saying. He thinks he's the shit basically. Oh yeah. I play for Oklahoma state, blah, blah, blah. I'm um, the that
1: ass got waxed
0: and the, he, he thought uh, he, he saw a smaller looking guy and he thought you know what let me just pick on these guys blah 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 I'm a football player nothing's gonna happen to me I'll be able to take this guy I bench 300 pounds bro but well that bench press ain't do shit
1: for you in that situation that's the first person to call the police I you don't know how many times I responded to a call and I wasn't even like uniform cop for long. And I can tell the story over and over. I, My career was mostly in narcotics, plain clothes, but I can't tell you how many times I showed up to a club and then somebody's laid out on the floor. You wake him up. What happened? He punched me in the face. And then you go talk to the dude that punched him in the face. Oh, he grabbed my girlfriend's ass. But guess who has to go to jail because you broke his nose? Yeah. Ow. The guy who, the guy who was protecting his woman, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, for the listeners and the three of you if you have to protect yourself keep in the back of your mind don't make sure that eye don't fall out make sure you're not rear naked choking them even you know and they're tapping i, I even think i saw the guy tap because yeah. let me tell you if they're not going to be held criminally um responsible for this they're gonna sue the fuck out of them yeah
0: <laughs> so y'all
1: be careful but i love the video i'm all for it
0: but at the same time if they even if they do sue i think the people that were in the surrounding areas will probably attest to the fact that they were the um, they, they were the aggressor ah, they and those everybody kids look their-
1: like they have money. I, I mean, I don't know them. But if they get a good defense, you know, they, they, they can fight. This is what I'm saying. And also too, sometimes charges get dropped. When when the judge sees that, like, yeah, you went too far. But he, some judges I've seen a judge be like, leave the courtroom, you're okay. And the guy who beat the shit out of somebody in defense is like work. OK, I'm out of here. But you, but you still go through the process of getting arrested. You still you still go through it. It can't be done on the scene. If those young men called the police, those two men that we are, in, you know, celebrating, they'd be out of here. They'd be in the back of it. I'd be like, sorry, guys, I loved your work, but I got to lock you up.
0: <laughs> and oh, man, like, and I saw in the comments, people were like, oh, Chase Hooper beat the shit out of that guy.
2: <laughs> like, I was just. <laughs> I wouldn't be Ben Askren.
1: Yeah. yeah it was beautiful work though like some of those takedowns the mount Jesus. you know and then just the confidence he had my man said word which one you want yeah, but yeah. i was like it was the wipe
0: of the nose woo. the slap, the left hook and then and the, right and the
1: shake in the head it was like yeah. man, baby, you can tell those two young men when they done doing their jobs or whatever they roll on the floor somewhere every day and yeah. that was second nature to them Yep. That's why I can't wait for gyms to open so I can kick somebody's ass when they step to me, y'all. <laughs> I'm ready. I done bought a fucking heavy just bag. I need, the, I need training, y'all.
2: <laughs> just, before we, just before we wrap up, this weekend, we've got Rosenstroke versus Gunn. Now, I normally like pick somebody from the mid or even, you know, someone on the prelims, but man, I can't wait to see Gunn versus uh, Rosen Street only because props to G, you got to exalt G in this one. She was the person who put me on to Gunn and said, no, Mike, how do you mean that you miss prelims? Keep an eye on this guy. He's incredible. He looks phenomenal, but no, for you guys, who, who else are you looking forward to seeing on
0: Saturday? Uh, it's got to be surely co event, Nikita krilov against Ankalayev. man. That's going to be, that's going to be carnage. And obviously I think if memory serves me right, this is Ankoliath's first fight since, uh, since he beat the possum, uh, you, you know who I'm talking about. What's his name? It's
1: it's <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> as I said in here last, I, I've got a lot of respect for Ion obviously is a mixed martial arts and what have you. But I mean, the, the, the when he played possum in that fight uh the, their first fight and he's like oh no it wasn't hurt bro but I, that was just stupid but anyway that's that's gonna be a really good fight and if memory serves me correctly angela hill's fighting on this fight on this card as well isn't she yeah yeah,
1: yeah ashley yoder yeah. It's an, yeah and it's a rematch yeah
0: yeah and then obviously you got pedro muniz against jimmy rivera that's a that's a big fight for both men because obviously pedro lost to frankie last if memory serves me correctly and Jimmy, who
3: did he fight last? Uh, anybody? He beat Cody Stamon. Mike Yeager. No, uh, Jimmy Rivera. Oh, damn. <laughs> you just throwing I, out
0: I, I, there.
3: Yeah, I literally did. I'm <laughs> sorry. I literally just threw it out there thinking.
0: Nah, nah, it was, uh, it's so all good. Obviously, <laughs> you had the back-to-back losses to Peter Yan and Aljamain Sterling. And, I mean, given the uh, the fact that UFC are still – looking to trim this roster, looking to cut 60 people because since December and to now, I haven't seen 60 people quietly depart. I mean, if I was Jimmy Rivera, obviously he's still got a win that you beat Cody and I believe that was July. I'd still be worried. You know, like if you were to lose, that'd be losing three of
1: your last four. So it's a big fight for him. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Alex Cesaris versus Kevin Kroon for a couple reasons, Alex looks good right now, baby. Like he's probably, I don't, I hate using the word prime, but he's just feeling good. He's looking good. He is performing well. And I think he's performing the best I've seen him yet. Kevin Krum is somebody that has a lot of fight experience. And in his debut, he choked somebody out. Like it was nothing. He's fun. He's wild. His nickname is the hillbilly. You put these two together. I think they're going to have fun. And by the way, believe it or not, I'm going with um, gain. To beat Rosenstroke. I think he has more tools in the bag. He Thanks. can submit you. He's mm-hmm. got the cardio. He's got punches, kicks, and, and meanwhile, Rosenstroke is just a very cunning striker, kickboxer with some decent takedown defense. Gan has more to beat him, and I'm put my, you know, I'm picking him. I'm going to beat Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's unanimous, right? I think like I,
0: I mean, I, I, I love Biggie Boy. He's a, he's Me too. He's a great, great striker, as, as you said, but I think it's. I think Ghan has more tools. More. I, yeah. I just want to see the serial Ghan against Francis and Ngannou because that's a fight that has to happen, obviously. Because Francis, I is, think it will. I think it will happen. Francis has left mm-hmm. uh, Fernand López quite in uh, I, I, it was an acrimonious uh, departure. I think uh, I think Fernando did an interview with, with the boys in the back. Mm-hmm. He pretty much laid into Francis and said, yeah, he, he, he started believing his own hype and blah, blah, blah. He was not Person. and so yeah that's that's a grudge match that that has to happen soon
1: yeah yeah definitely okay. but kairos did you say what fight did did everybody say their fight i'm confused
3: i think I so remember is to be honest with you
1: right kairos who, who are you looking forward to
3: i wanted to see rauny barcelos fight but he tested positive for covid i know so yeah that that was the really the fight that i wanted to watch most sure like i could say Alexis Davis and uh, Sabina Mazo, but it's it kind of is just pointless because like okay, Sabina is not a bantamweight; they're fighting a bantamweight. Alexis Davis hasn't been a bantamweight for a minute, so it's just like, mm-hmm. why is this fight happening at this weight class? Like, yeah. I want Ronnie Barcelos, and also yeah, I'm he's... picking Biggie.
1: Oh, good, good, picking... good. Someone needs to pick him. What what makes you think he's going to beat Gunn, who has all the tools?
3: Because I've seen him take punishment for twenty five straight minutes and still come through with a win. He can wear the shots and he can deal it. I haven't seen Gagne take take it and be able to give get. Punishment. It for yeah. You know, so yeah. He could yeah. be one of them pretty boys. You're just like, oh, when I'm yeah. delivering it, I'm good to go. But when I no, right. I, I'm not ready to bet it on him yet. Yeah. Uh, man. And, but-
1: and also, heads up, guys: um, William Knight versus Alonzo Menifield somebody yeah. fitting to die y'all watch that yep. fight okay that's just black on black crime it's two big black men they're gonna go in there somebody dying so they both have really big muscles they're both knockout artists i'm telling y'all to watch this fight okay fight. okay yep so
2: that was the last thing on the docket until saturday and yep who's gonna close out the show
0: Who's gonna close the line? Uh, shots, fire,
1: shots, fire, shots, <laughs> fire, shots, <laughs> fire, shots, <laughs> fire, shots, uh. fire, Gina, Kairos, and Michael Chisanga, we out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <It's not ya. laughs> Separate the weak from the oxal Leak parts of Crete on Brooklyn Street It's on again. stop all that bickering beat Beat